It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This football season is different, and Pepsi is here to get you through game day no matter how you watch this season. We're all watching the emergence of Joe Burrow and evaluating whether Zach Taylor is the guy to take the Bengals to the next level, and Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football. Watching. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake. Let's go along with my co-host, James Rapine. This will be your weekly reminder to find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL, at James Rapine, and at Locked On Bengals. Today, we're joined by special guest, Bengal Jim, who, according to his Twitter profile, James, is dedicated to the longest-running tailgate in Cincinnati. Have you ever been to the Bengal Jim tailgate? I haven't, and it, it sucks, Jake, because I was going to this year. The moment I got on the beat back in April, I reached out to, to Jim, and I was like, man, I can't wait. Because at that po- at that moment, we were thinking, oh, well, there'll be some kind of tailgating. Something will happen with COVID. Well, Obviously, that hasn't been the case. So 2021, Bengal Jim's tailgate, I'm going to be there. And I think I, I would like to be there, too, in 2021, the next time I'm in the United States. Maybe we'll do a live broadcast, a live stream from Bengal Jim's tailgate. Honest, sounds pretty good to me. Honestly, this is something that I've wanted to do in Cincinnati at some point. It's something that I talked to Joe about. Let's go down to a game. We'll, we'll talk to some something down at the banks of bar or something. We'll do a live show down there the way that the Enquirer used to do. And it just never materialized. So I'm on board. I would love to do that next year. And if any of you out there listening are decision makers at one of those bars near the stadium, the DMs are open if you want to host us for a live show sometime in the 2021 season. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. We're going to get started today, James, by talking about what's going on with the Steelers and the COVID list because both teams at this point have five players in doubt for this weekend due to the COVID list by itself. Later on, we're going to be joined by Bengal Jim, as I mentioned. And before that, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the rule changes that were approved by NFL owners on Tuesday. But we're going to get started with the COVID news coming out of Pittsburgh. The positive test for the Steelers, James, was Vance McDonald, the tight end, who tested positive on Monday. And the four close contacts with Vance McDonald were quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, offensive lineman Gerald Hawkins, running back Jalen Samuels, and linebacker Vince Williams. A couple starters in that list, and most notably, Ben Roethlisberger will not be able to practice for five days, just like Baker Mayfield last week, as he was a close contact needs to pass test for five days before he's cleared from the COVID list. So Big Ben certainly still on schedule to play Sunday. What needs to happen for it between now and Saturday is like you said, he needs to test negative. If he tests negative for COVID, 
um, th- then he's going to be out there on Sunday at Heinz Field. And the other thing, because some of you are probably aware, he did suffer a knee injury against the Cowboys. He's still allowed, even though he's in this COVID protocol, to enter the building um, only specific areas of the Steelers facility to get treatment on both knees. So, look, I, I get it. He's on the, the COVID-19 list and he's dealing with a knee and all of these things. But I, I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't rule out Ben Roethlisberger. And if I had to pick one way or the other, I would predict that he plays. But again, that's really out of his hands and it's on him to um, test negative and, and we'll see. You know, If he has COVID and it takes a couple of days to surface, well, then then we'll find that out. But as of now, I would expect him to play. There have been a few cases, James, as you mentioned, of players who were close contacts going on the list and turning up later as positive tests. But I don't know that it's necessarily a common occurrence. We'll see what happens with Ben Roethlisberger. And you mentioned his knee injury. This is actually a Randy Bullock injury, James. This is a knees injury. He's got injuries in both knees from that one hit. Of course, he came back into the game after halftime last week on Sunday and seemed okay. I mean, watching the game, this is the first time I've watched the Steelers this season, and, and Ben doesn't seem to have much of an arm left. If I'm being honest, he's, he's throwing a lot of floaters. He's using his anticipation, mm-hmm. his understanding of the game. He's still an effective quarterback, but I wonder how those knees injuries is impacting the already limited arm strength. Absolutely. He's a different player. And Von Bell said it on Tuesday. Look, Ben can't move the way he used to. And Jake, you hit the nail on the head. He throws with anticipation. That's exactly what he's trying to do now. And that's not his game. So guess what? I think you can force Ben into making some mistakes. I think he is human. And despite having a great defense and really talented playmakers, I mean, I was wondering about the the Steelers' skill positions coming into the year, and I'm not wondering anymore. I mean, they can beat you really with their top four wideouts. So he's got some skill around him, skill players around him, and you're seeing that. But he is human, and I, I think you're, you're certainly seeing that, and you'll see that as the season goes on. Heck, in round two of this matchup, I would expect Ben to look worse than he does right now, which is still an above-average quarterback, but certainly not what he's been. And this is a guy that, for his career, has been a gunslinger, James. Like you said, his game hasn't been the Drew Brees style of game where you're throwing with anticipation and with accuracy and you're making the plays more mentally than you are physically. But again, don't take this to mean that he is an ineffective quarterback, still finding a way to get it done. But to your point, James, in the past, the way that you would beat the Steelers is Ben was prone to throwing picks. He's always had an interception issue. This year, only four interceptions to go against 18 touchdowns in eight games, not making the mistakes the same ways he did in the past. And you have to wonder if the Bengals have the tools on defense to make him uncomfortable in the pocket. That's always been the way that you beat Big Ben and the Steelers. And I think that's the way again this year, because when he has that clean pocket, like I said, he's still operating at a very efficient level. A lot of it's coming with yards after catch, James. Like you mentioned, Deontay Johnson, for example, very slippery with the ball in his hands. So it's a different kind of game plan to slow down the Steelers. But without much of a pass rush to show for, the the news that Sam Hubbard might be coming back this week if he gets a good week of practice in as he's been designated to return from the IR. If he can get a good week in, that could be a significant difference for a team that has had a hard time generating much of a pass rush this season given the matchup. 
We'll learn more about Hubbard's status on Wednesday as Zach Taylor will talk. And uh, heck, we didn't know on Monday when when he did talk to the media that Hubbard was going to get activated. So who knows? Maybe he'll be out there on Sunday. It would certainly be a boost. Let me ask you something, Jake, because Ben Roethlisberger, obviously his status is it's up in the air. I think that's fair to say for Sunday's game. If he doesn't play and it's Mason Rudolph, is this a game that instead of the Bengals being underdogs and just hoping to hold their own against Big Ben and the Steelers, the undefeated Steelers, is this a game that that suddenly becomes a contest that the Bengals should win if Ben Roethlisberger can't play? For me, the the difference between Ben and Mason Rudolph is obviously significant, but the way the Steelers are winning games this year is with a defense that's doing enough and an offense that's doing just enough and really leveraging the playmakers more than they're leveraging the quarterback. So while I do think that the offense obviously, obviously takes a step back, and generally I believe that quarterbacks are two to five times more important than pass rushers, for me, right now, my, my gut tells me that I would think that the Bengals' chances of winning the game would improve more if TJ Watt didn't play than if Ben Roethlisberger didn't play. Because I think with if, if Ben weren't to play, Mason Rudolph's going to get all the practice reps this week, so he'll, he'll be prepared, and they can just work in a bunch of stuff that, that takes advantage of the Bengals' potential weaknesses and you know, work in stuff in the middle of the field, work in stuff to their guys that can run after the catch, work away from the deep middle of the field and, and take the stuff that, that takes Jesse Bates out of the game and really take advantage of all the holes on the Bengals' defense. Like, the, the defense has just been so bad that, you know, the way the Bengals are losing games hasn't been because they're getting out-offensed so much. That part is true. There's no doubt, and I'm worried about this defense. But if Ben's out, the drop-off from him to Mason Rudolph, who I watched a ton last year, it just changes things. So you're right. You know, the Steelers could certainly win the game, but uh, I would I would love for the Bengals to play without. And I'm not wishing harm on him, but if the Bengals had to play the Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger, I would like their chances a lot more. Up next, we're going to dive into two rule changes. And, and these changes could impact the Bengals' playoff odds and it could impact future draft picks. We'll get into both things next right here on Locked on Bengals. But first, Taser is on a mission to help you protect yourself and your loved ones safely. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you in your glove compartment or purse, yet powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Guns carry unnecessary risks for you and those around you. Taser products are safer and easier to use. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with a Taser network of devices, apps, and personnel. You should check them out right now at taser.com slash NFL. Not only will you save 15% off, but you're going to be able to get it without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or a Taser Strike Light. And again, save 15% off at taser.com slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See site for full details. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The NFL passed a workplace diversity measure on Tuesday that will reward teams for being a pipeline for minority coaches and scouts. Teams will receive third-round compensatory picks in each of the two drafts that follow if they have a minority staffer hired to be a head coach or general manager of another team. So, for example, let's take it back to when Hugh Jackson was hired by the Cleveland Browns after the 2015 season. Hugh Jackson was a member of the Bengals franchise for more than two years. He was a minority head coach, so the Bengals would have received compensatory third-round selections in the following two drafts. Jake, your, your thoughts on this? This is certainly something that's been talked about, and it was finalized on Tuesday. Do you think this is going to have an impact? I think it will. I, I think that the direction the impact goes remains to be seen from the initial criticisms I saw. People are saying things like, will this disincentivize organizations from hiring minority coaches from other teams to be a head coach? That was a concern that I've seen out there. The The opposite was pointed out in so far as it doesn't stop teams from signing free agents. The Detroit Lions, for example, have given the Green Bay Packers compensatory picks. The Jets are a pipeline for the New England Patriots for compensatory picks. And and so it hasn't stopped teams from spending on free agents, and I, I would hope that that would extend to coaches because it's not like you're giving up your own pick. It's, it's compensatory picks. So I think that it's, it's better than nothing. I think that if you want to be critical, I, I agree with the viewpoint that I saw today out there. That is, the NFL has done nothing that has worked to promote diversity and, and promote, uh, you know, hiring outside of the people that you know, because really that's a large reason that a lot of this happens is, you know, you, you come up and, and you, you, you know, Jim Turner knows Zach Taylor's family and all this stuff. And that's how you get some of these coaching staffs that come together. You hire who you know and anything to promote less of that and more of a meritocracy in the NFL, I think is a good idea. And I hope it works out for the best. I hope it leads to teams, you know, more aggressively bringing on some guys to develop them to be potential future head coaches because the NFL does have programs like all these internships, like what Mike Daniels, the former head coach or the current head coach, I should say, at Princeton High School comes into Cincinnati with the Bengals and did the, the internship for minority coaches. They have programs like that that don't seem to have an immediate impact. On, on getting more people higher placing jobs in the NFL. And so any effort to do that, I think, is, is a step in the right direction at the very least, even if it's not necessarily the most optimal approach, because I'm sure there will be critics. Absolutely. I, I think it's a step in the right direction, and it could certainly help things. I don't know if it's going to solve it, right? And I, I don't think the NFL thinks that, and all 32 NFL owners probably don't either. But hopefully it does help. And ultimately, if I'm a team and you're right, you know, if, if let's say the, the Bengals in five years want to hire the defensive coordinator of the Steelers. Well, if you really think you got your guy, you're not going to worry about the Steelers third round compensatory pick that they're going to get. Right. So I, I do think that that's something for, for the critics to think about, because if you're, you get a quality head coach 
it's worth unlimited third round picks for your rival. One other approved proposal happened on Tuesday and something that could potentially impact the Bengals playoff chances. The playoffs could expand from 14 to 16 teams this season, but an expanded playoff would only take place if the NFL can't complete its full 256 game regular season schedule in 17 or 18 weeks. Essentially, Jake, what this does is if there are any playoff matchups that get canceled late in the season due to COVID-19 that can't be made up, well, then you can go this route and allow two more teams in, one in the AFC, one in the NFC, and and that's how you'll do it. Now, a reminder, because some people might have forgot, the playoffs expanded from six teams in each conference to seven with the new CBA back in April. So this could potentially add another team for this season. Hey, I'll tell you what, James, the guy we're talking to coming up in segment three, he he absolutely believes the Bengals are a playoff team with or without this change. And it is going to get harder for the NFL to complete these games. I, I think that all across the league, we're seeing a, a rise in COVID cases. This is something that we're seeing across the United States, as well as the winter months come along and people are spending more time indoors in close proximity with other people. The Bengals, for the first time this season, have five people on the COVID list. The Steelers have now multiple times had players on the COVID list. And and I asked a question this morning, James. At what point does the NFL start to talk about, well, maybe we need to push this game to Monday to make sure that these teams can be ready? Because both the Bengals and the Steelers now have players on the list that have tested positive or were close contacts. And yeah, we, 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 we said in the open, there's plenty of time for them to pass their tests and be ready to go for Sunday. But as this continues to happen around the league, we'll have to see how the NFL handles it because at the current pace, I, I don't know if I would be surprised if they get all the games into 18 weeks, but it could be a challenge. You know what's not a challenge is talking to Bengal Jim going to a Bengal gym tailgate down at Paul Brown Stadium. Well, this year it might be a little bit of a challenge, but we're talking to Bengal Jim coming up next. You know what else is challenging, James, is, is lifting heavy metal round things at the gym. It's something that is very healthy, and what else is healthy are these built bars that we talk about all the time on the Lockdown Bengals podcast with all those fantastic flavors ranging from the chocolatey, caramelly, caramel brownie to the cookies and cream to the fruity flavors of apple almond crisp or raspberry built bars they all have the chocolate on them they all have fantastic nutritional profiles and james i'll just let you take it the rest of the way i know you love these things built bars are the number one protein bars on the planet my cabinet is stacked with them I'll take a picture and post that I've been thinking about doing that stacked with them. And no, they didn't send them to me. I bought these bad boys and you should too. And here's the thing. You check them out right now at BuiltBar.com. You're going to get 20% off. All you got to do, go there now. BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON, 20% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're now joined by Bengal Jim. Jim, known for his Cincinnati tailgate and your, your Twitter bio, as I said when we opened the show, dedicated to the longest standing Cincinnati tailgate. That That's the, that's the saying, right? Yeah, yeah. And actually, first of all, Jake and James, I get to talk to two legends right here. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. We appreciate it. But yeah, the, the, the tailgate, man, it's the longest running, continuous running tailgate in Cincinnati football history. And we actually had a challenge this year. With COVID, uh, you know, us not being able to tailgate in a county or city run lots, but we were able to secure a private lot and uh, had it at less than, you know, 50% capacity. We did a drive-in tailgate, so we've been tailgating ever since, so doing it responsibly, spacing, mask, and it's been outstanding. So we get to continue that streak here in Cincinnati. It's been a, it's been a, a fun run. Whoa, this is news to me. So the tailgates, they're continuing right now. You're going to tailgate home games moving forward? Absolutely, absolutely. We we've been ta- we haven't missed a tailgate this year. Even when the Bengals played uh, uh, the first game at home uh, without any fans in it, we had a, a a drive-in tailgate. We had a big jumbotron set up, and we had literally forty cars there that were driving, watching on a gi- giant jumbotron, watching the game that day. We had a food truck. Uh, everybody had like three parking spaces for their one car. Uh, if they got up out of their their spots to go to the porta potty or go to the food truck, they put their mask on. It was an outstanding day. The only way it would have went any better uh, is, is if the Bengals could have pulled that out at, at the end there. But uh, there were people getting in their cars when the Bengals scored that touchdown, honking their horns, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was it was a fun day. That it was a beautiful weather, and um, it was a good day. I think it's great that you're still going. It's great that you're doing it in a way that sounds like you know, like you said, you're as responsible as you can be given the current climate. And if someone's interested in attending your tailgate. I know you have limited attendance this year, but in the future, they just show up at the lot or or is there, do they need to call you? Do they need to get on your Twitter DMs and be like, Hey man, can I come party with you or what? Yeah, it's just pretty much come one, I'll come all, but not this year. (laughs) This year we are limiting this. Uh, We got to make sure we're we're not getting three or 400 people like we normally do at a tailgate rate. So um, outside of this year, normally people just show up. I mean, we have a lot of people, we park in lot E that butts up against the the park uh, and the river. We have boats docking by our tailgate. Um, three or 400 people. We've had up, upwards of 500 people to tailgate. We had a lot of former players show up, uh, Ken Anderson, Icky Woods, Pete Johnson. We've had a ton of former players show up, but a lot of, lot of charity work that is found uh, through, the, uh, through the tailgate as well. We've raised easily close to $20,000 over the past three to five years for different charities. Uh, we've been working pretty, uh, focused pretty strongly on the Ken Anderson Alliance this past year, year and a half, helping these guys out. So it's been a lot of fun, but yeah, anybody next year wants to show up, they just show up. And uh, we have a brewery there. We have 16 lots that is there. We have um, a bunch of characters on the mic. We had a DJ set up. It's a lot of fun. And it's, you know, without football, we wouldn't know each other, guys. I wouldn't know James and Jake. I wouldn't know you without Bengals football. And that's what it's about. It's about friends, family, and and fun. Um, you get there early. I skip church on those Sundays, and I don't come home till 7 or 8 that night. So it's an all-day event, not just going to the games. That is just the most wholesome football content that I think you can get on the internet today. So, so Jim, it's, it's Steelers week. You may or may not be aware. The Steelers have had a little bit of success against the Bengals in recent days, but I know that you believe the Bengals are going to win every remaining game on the schedule this season and into the future. 
what drives that optimism and and how is that for you guys at the tailgate on Steelers week? Do things kind of step up a notch or is it, you know, kind of the similar atmosphere to normal weeks? Well, I mean, to start there, I guess, um, no, it's a little more tense. Uh, you know, we have, we're, we're open to visiting fans coming in. So I have to make sure that my crew, my immediate inner circle, like let's make sure that we monitor it. does things don't get out of control at the tailgate. We've never had a problem. Uh, but you never know, you know how you get, some people get sideways about this stuff, but, um, you know, I, 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 there is a little bit, there's maybe some terrible towels that get burned that day at the tailgates. Uh, don't know if I have any videos of those I could probably share, but, um, there, there's a lot of fun that we have Steelers fans at tailgate with us as well. We do some towel burning, uh, every year for the last, since 93, we've done that. Uh, but as far as the prediction for this week, guys, I mean, what drives, you know, I haven't been wrong all year, uh, and you guys can't prove me wrong on this, but you know, uh, I do predict the Bengals going 10, five and one finish out the season that ro- the road to 10, five and one Jake starts this Sunday against the Steelers. Ben Rothenberg is going to play. He's scared right now. He, you know, act like he got a hurt knee. Now he's in the COVID protocol. I guarantee you he plays. He's going to come back and play and the Bengals take care of business. 24 14 this this week so they're gonna get the dub they're gonna figure out a way to do zach taylor's first road win come on what a better way to start it that first road win in pittsburgh on the road to 10 5 and 1 and you guys laugh and people listening right now think i'm joking about this but you go back to 1970 the bengals started off the season one and six they didn't have any shot nobody gave them any shot in hell to come back that year they won their last seven games in 1970 to win to afc central to go to the playoffs that year that we're going to replicate that this year. We're going to, we're going to take off and go 10, five and one the rest of the year. I see you guys smiling. It's going to happen. I'm telling you. Hey, I'm, I'm down to cover a, <laughs> a playoff NFL team. I would love that because I, I have yet to do that in my, uh, in my career, Jim, <laughs> you, you mentioned 1970. I've never asked you this and, and we've been friends now for a while. Where did your, and when did your Bengals fandom start? So, it's it's funny. Uh, my dad really wasn't a big football. Nobody in my family was a big football guy. Um, it, and the first game I remember watching uh, for the Bengals, and I just randomly turned on a TV at 10 years of age in 1981, and I the Bengals game's on. And I'm watching the first half, and it was awful. It was 21 nothing. Bengals were getting crushed. Ken Anderson got benched at halftime. And this guy named Turk Schoner comes off the bench the second half, and wins the game. And to me, as a 10 year old kid watching that game, it was the most exciting thing to me to see us being down 21 points and coming back, winning that game. I have not missed a game since. <laughs> so that first game is what got me hooked. And, and I just remember that, um, you know, uh, I remember that vividly that, that part of the game, because Kenny Anderson got benched and, and Turk Schoenert came in to win that game. Have you thought about what would have happened if Schoenert comes in, things collapse even more, they lose 74 to 7. Are you a Bengals fan today? Why, why do you want to go down that road, James? That's, I'm just that, asking. Just I, I wonder. <laughs> I, no, I just I wonder if it's really shown like if you owe your Bengals fandom, not to, to Ken Anderson or Boomer Esiason or Dave Lapham, but it, it's it's to Shoner. Yeah, I wouldn't say my fandom I owe to him. Just that was my first game, my first memory. And I will tell you, um, my all-time favorite Bengal player, and I didn't know it at 10 years of age, my all-time favorite Bengal is Ken Anderson. Um, so, the, you know, Ken Anderson and James Brooks are my two favorite, obviously two guys that thrived in the 80s. 
um, there. But uh, my fa- my fandom started in that eighty one season for that with that first game. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily say Turk Schoner uh, is the reason for my fandom. But you know what? I don't know, James. If if they would have got blown out, I might not have turned the TV back on again the rest of my life. Good, I never thought about that. Game changer. Now you're on with us, and you have the best Bengals backdrop. Where uh, and I know people watch every. Well, you guys move from Sundays, right? Yeah. So during the week, we we do Sunday night football with Bengal Jim and friends, and, and and we started that on draft night. Uh, just to a draft, a virtual draft party. We had like over 2000 people watch that night. We decided to just keep it going every week. And we've had a Bengals player on almost every week and some media folks on every week. So during the season, we, we moved that from, um, from Sunday night because of football, uh, games, um, uh, to Tuesday nights when really not a whole lot of stuff going on, uh, in the NFL. So yeah, we're doing it on Tuesday nights. So you're doing it later tonight as we're recording on a Tuesday. And I, I just, so Ken Anderson, the, the favorite all-time Bengal, Joe Burrow, the new Bengals quarterback, off to a pretty good start. What does Joe Burrow have to do, Jim, to, to take that spot at number one in your favorite Bengals of all time? If he gets – is it like get him to a Super Bowl? Is that enough? Win a Super Bowl? Man, is that enough? Man, I mean, if we get the Super Bowl, we got to win, you know. But 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 that's a great question, Jake. Uh, you know, I don't know. I If he could be in the same – playing same par with, with Ken Anderson I that would be a, a good thing for me I don't know what he would have to do to do that um, but I tell you what Jake he's he's off to a fun start in his career you know getting ready to set some additional rookie records this Sunday against the Steelers so I'm pretty excited about Joe Burrow and, and who if you're a Bengals fan how can you not be excited about this guy Ken Anderson excluded has there been a time was it was it maybe Carson in 05 or, or a point during Boomer's career when you thought that they had the potential that Burrow has. Not not when Boomer won MVP. Obviously, he was realizing that that potential. But on the way to that, was there a moment or is there a guy that reminds you of Burrow? Because I look at him in the way that the city's excited about him. And I was around for Carson, not Boomer. But I don't remember, I, I guess 05, but, but I don't remember a rookie coming in, in in a city being this excited, at least Cincinnati being this excited about uh, a rookie guy, a quarterback who's only played eight games. Yeah, I, I James, I agree with you. I don't know. I wasn't around for the the Greg Cook days. I'm I'm sure uh, there had to be some excitement with Greg Cook in '69, and when you hear all mm-hmm. the stuff about um, about that man uh, quarterback and force. But the only thing I can kind of draw some comparison to James, and it's it's not probably right to compare this one, but uh, Jeff Blake wasn't a rookie when he got to Cincinnati. He was in New York for a few years, came over with Coslett. But the excitement that he generated in this city. Uh, it's as close as I've ever seen it because the old shake and Blake, as bad as the Bengals teams were in the nineties, him coming in and just, uh, changing the, the Bengals offense, just throwing his rainbow bombs to Scott and Pickens, the excitement in the city uh, at that point in time was crazy. So I think that's the only thing I can draw a comparison to in my lifetime. Very exciting time to be a Bengals fan. Hopefully means good things for your tailgate in the future. Like I said, before you came on with us. Definitely a destination for me the next time I'm down in Cincinnati, hopefully next year, hopefully get to visit that tailgate. And, you know, James, James threw out there, Jim, that we could do a, a little bit of a live locked on Bengal Jim's crossover episode from the tailgate. Do you have any initial thoughts? Easily done, brother. We, we can we can make that happen. That's not a problem at all. There we I go. think that would be fun, right? Yes, like a will. live stream of it, like a pregame show. Bengal Jim, Locked on Bengals crossover. Whew. 
you just got to get me before it gets too late in the morning. Like if it gets closer, <laughs> like after afternoon, you know, it's, it's got to happen at 10, 11 hour, maybe. I don't know. But if we do that, I'll make sure I'm good. And, and if it has to be later, I can do it. <laughs> That's Bengal Jim. You can find him on Twitter at Bengal Jim's BTR. He's got the longest standing continuous tailgate going on for the Bengals. Go check it out. He's got a show going on on Tuesdays on YouTube. Check that out, too. Jim, we appreciate you joining us tonight. Yeah, we appreciate honor being with you guys. It means a lot. You guys do a great job. Thank you. What a good guy, James. I mean, that's some wholesome, wholesome Bengals content right there. Jim's the man. I, I love Bengal Jim, and uh, I- I'm glad we, ha- we had him on. Your idea, by the way, give Jake all the credit in the world for that and the guests we've had on. But, uh, yeah, n- not many better Bengal fans than Bengal Jim. Just has his values in the right place. You know, it's about connection, friendship, family, having fun, that sort of thing. Man, I just feel invigorated with wholesomeness right now, James. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We're back tomorrow with a crossover episode with really your your least favorite team in the world, the, the Locked On Steelers podcast. But make sure you tune in to hear the, the, the trash talk that will ensue. Until then, Bengals fans, who day, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.